Seafloor. Welcome to Knickknack News. I'm Alex. And I'm Anthony. And my first story is food news. This is from CBS News. Bagged salad contaminated with parasite sickens 122 people in seven Not states. Not salad again. Salad again. Salad. No, salad. No. <laughs> yeah, salad, stop that. Salad. <laughs> salad. No, down. Come on now. Get off that. <laughs> salad, get down. You're not supposed to be up there. Um, <laughs> a recalled bagged salad distributed to a dozen Midwestern states by grocery stores has sickened 122 people in seven states and sent 19 to the hospital. Ooh. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention said on Tuesday. That's supposed to be one sentence, and I paused for a very long time in the middle. Anyway, the salad is contaminated with cyclospora, a parasite that can cause diarrhea, stomach cramps, nausea, and fatigue. So, not a good time. Mm. Uh, the salad mix containing carrots, red cabbage, and iceberg lettuce, so not romaine, surprisingly. Oh. Which I think romaine is pretty much done. I think we've, we've more or less canceled romaine. Um, <laughs> we have, like us specifically. <laughs> We're, we're single-handedly responsible for the removal of probably, romaine lettuce I mean, from all yeah, the store shelves. Probably. Um, it's packaged as High V brand garden salads, Jewel Osco Signature Farms brand garden salads, and Aldi Little Salad Bar <laughs> brand garden salads. I just like that. Aldi's little, little, little salad, salad bar. bar. Um, all have been recalled, and consumers are advised not to eat them, if you hadn't guessed by now. The CDC said the highest number of illnesses is reported in Iowa with 54, Illinois has 30, Kansas, Minnesota, Missouri, Nebraska, and Wisconsin also have reported illnesses, which were first reported on May 11th and have been as recent as uh, June 15th. So pretty recent. Um, If you have any of those salads, I would not eat them. Um, It says here that they were sold in Arkansas, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Michigan, Missouri, Minnesota, Nebraska, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Wisconsin. So not Ohio. So we're hmm. safe. Not that that's I'm okay, buying a lot right. of salad these days, but yeah, I, I'm definitely or not ever. <laughs> um, but, or ever again after you know this podcast. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have an eternal fear of anything leafy and green. Not spinach though. Spinach is is always good for now until we run until it. it gets contaminated. Until one it gets day, contaminated. But Actually, hasn't there been like E. coli? Probably. Too, right? I don't remember. Anyway. I just know what the it's lettuce. It's safer to is. assume that your spinach has E. coli than it doesn't. So. This episode not brought to you by the spinach companies. Or lettuce or salad or anything green. Okay, my first story is world news. This is from BBC.com. The headline is, Copy of Spanish Baroque painting botched by amateur restoration. Oh, no, I think I it's saw another this. one. It's, yeah. You saw it. It's like that. It looks a lot like the uh, the Jesus one from a while ago. Yep. It's the same kind yep. of, uh, yep. I don't want to say style, because that seems <laughs> generous. <laughs> uh, yeah. <sighs> An art collector in Spain has been left stunned by the botched <sighs> restoration of a copy of a, of a painting by Baroque artist, Bartolome Esteban Murillo. The Valencia-based private collector paid the equivalent of 
$1,355 for it to be cleaned by a furniture restorer, according to Spain's Europa Press. But despite two attempts to fix it, the picture of the Immaculate Conception has been left unrecognizable. (laughs) And it's now this. Yeah. I like that the the first attempt kind of... Like kept the expression, but still was terrible. And then the second attempt, they just like threw out anything. It looks nothing like the original anymore. Yeah, like the first attempt was at least trying to like the eyes are looking the same way, right? Like they're they're looking but up in that one, but in this, it's still in completely second, terrible. And then the second, the second one, they just completely just staring just, straight. They forward changed into every. Your, they changed into the whole soul. thing. Yeah, it's just it's not. Horrible. It's horrible. This is just. It's just. It's horrible. How 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 did somebody think? This is what this they person could do wants. This. Yeah, I just don't <laughs> restore this. Okay, <laughs> is this good? Is this what yeah, anybody wanted? Yeah, it's just—it's crazy. Um, it's, t- it's so bad. Yes, the incident has drawn comparisons with other recent <laughs> quote restorations in Spain, <laughs> um, which the main one that people heard about was the in 2012. An elderly parishioner attempted to restore a prized fresco of Jesus Christ at her local church near Zaragoza, um, but her paint job was terrible. And you've probably seen it before because mm-hmm. it's it definitely has gone around oh, yes. the news and social media and stuff. Um, yeah, it's not good. Um, and then this article stated that there is currently no law in Spain forbidding people from restoring artwork even if they do so without the necessary skills. And I'm kind of just thinking, like, is that something they can make a law for? Right, like, I like, feel like, how do you do that? That seems completely like, unenforceable. <laughs> yeah, like, that's not, there's no way you could enforce that. Just randomly checking but, people's houses, like, hey, are you restoring art? Yeah, like, well, <laughs> well, and then it kind of was talking about how some people want, like, if somebody says that they are, you know, at some level of skill, and then they go and they actually ruin the painting, that there's some type of, like, legal recourse for yeah. that. Which it seems like maybe there's not really like that's a good point. So I think it was in that context, but mm-hmm. like yeah, but it's, it was just like you can't just make a law that's like you can't restore our work. Like, <laughs> that's not that's not gonna work. Um, Once art is done, it's done. It's done. <laughs> Once it's done, it's done. Yeah, I just I don't know. Like I just feel like I am not even a good artist, and I feel like I could have done better than this. Like right, what is this? You know, it's just it's just terrible. It's, like it's just ruining so a painting reminds me of Mr. Bean. You know, like that mo- the movie. Have you ever seen that? I've the yes, original I've, I've one? heard of the movie. I have not seen it. It's old now, but that that this happens in that movie, and it's basically like a whole like joke. Like he accidentally he accidentally like spills something. I think on like a this painting, and then tries to like draw the face back in, and it's like just you know like a doodle or whatever. Basically, a, like a smiley face or something. Yeah, and um, that's like. This oh my gosh I can't believe this actually happened like it's it's painted as a sort of <laughs> pun intended as a sort of like fantastical like this would never actually happen in real life event and then it's like this is actually happening in the world <laughs> and it keeps happening what what are people doing yeah I guess if you're gonna get something restored ask the person for an example of their previous work <laughs> my next story is animal news. <laughs> This is from fizz.org, and I think every t- every time I bring a story from this place, I always say it's not F-I-Z-Z, it's P-H-Y-S. Um, oh, I yeah. Like that's an important distinction. But I forgot that again, so yeah. <laughs> I was thinking it was F-I-Z-Z, so well, then I'm thanks keep for saying it. saying it again. It's, it's like a science place, not a, not a soda place. 
Okay. Anyway, the headline is Four New Species of Giant Single-Celled Organisms Discovered on Pacific Seafloor. Whoa. Giant and single-celled aren't something you normally N- no. uh, put together, but uh, apparently we keep finding them. Hmm. Uh, so two new genera and four new species of giant single-celled xenophyophores, uh, which are protozoans belonging to a group called the foraminifera. Hmm. Going to be a lot of those kind of words in <laughs> <laughs> in this, okay, in this story. I'm ready. Um, were discovered in the deep Pacific Ocean during a joint project between scientists at the National Geogra- uh, Oceanography Center, uh, UK, and the University of Hawaii. Oh, and the University of Geneva. So they should have said among scientists, not between scientists. There were three things. Anyway. <laughs> one of the new genera is named Moana... Moa- <laughs> I practiced this. Moana Mina. Moana Mina. After the Hawaiian word for ocean, you might recognize Moana. Yeah. It's the name of the Disney movie, but it's the Hawaiian word for ocean. Um, and the other oh. is uh, uh, Abyssalia, named for its abyssal habitat. Uh, so a little less creative there. <laughs> uh, the seabed in the area they were discovered in is over three miles deep, so pretty far down. Yeah. Like some other types of foraminifera, xenophyophores construct shells... Um, also known as tests, like the word test, uh, composed of particles that they obtain from the surrounding environment. So they kind of like build up a structure around them, which is how they're, I guess, single-celled, but also large. It's kind of, feels like it's cheating a little bit, but um, these are often elaborate structures that can reach sizes of four inches or more, which is pretty impressive for something that's a single cell. Yeah. Um, So Moanamina... Uh, semicircularis. <laughs> I love the name. Semicircularis. Uh, can you guess what shape what? is? Yeah. <laughs> it's shell is? What shape uh, is it? It mm. has a, a stalked fan shaped test, so it's just a fan semicircle. Semicircle. Uh, it's around three inches tall and three and a half inches wide. Uh, two other new species, Abyssalia foliformis and Abyssalia spherica have tests that resemble a flat leaf and an almost perfect sphere, respectively, which is pretty cool. Hmm. And the fourth new species, which is in an existing genus, is uh, Semina tenuis, which has a delicate, thin, plate-like test. So I learned a lot of new words from this. I'm not going to remember any of those including words. A whole new a whole new word for shell and a whole new meaning for test. <laughs> We've learned and a lot. Xenophyophores. Um but yeah. So I want to try giant... to say that word. Xenophyophores. Yeah, you got it. Yay. Now can you spell it? Uh let me try. Actually you might X- yeah, you might be able to. X. Mm-hmm. Off to a great e- start. Uh-huh. N. Yeah. O. Mm-hmm. P H. Yeah. I. Mm-mm. Y? Yeah. A? No. Okay, I give up. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing so well too. Um, yeah, it's X-E-N-O-P-H-Y-O-P-H-O-R-E-S. Okay. So you're pretty close. Okay. Um, but yeah, so that's a fun new word that, yeah. we, learned, that we learned today. Giant like single-celled organisms. I've, I just, I've never heard of I just that. saw that headline. I was like, that seems wrong. <laughs> yeah, like. Single-celled, that implies small. I, I was wondering, like when you started the story, I was just wondering, like, okay, like, can we see these with the naked eye? Like, how giant is giant? But like, yeah, they have these yeah. shell so you things. Can see, that are like yeah, you four can inches, see the structures you know? that they build around them, essentially. Yeah, but that is it's, so cool. It's, yeah, it, yeah, and how are they building things? When yeah, and how so are they small? doing I that? Just, it didn't explain that, unfortunately. 
Okay, my next story is science news. This is from CNN.com. And the headline is, With bees in short supply, soap bubbles could assist with pollination, study finds. Huh. So we don't yeah. even need these bees. We don't even need the bees. <laughs> no, we need just the bees. Everybody get out there, start blowing bubbles quick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just people in a field blowing <laughs> bubbles. That's not what it is. <laughs> quick, we got a bug. So a uh, quick background. Many plants rely almost entirely on bees as natural pollinators to produce some of nature's most nutritious foods, but bee species have been significantly declining in recent decades, if you haven't heard about that already. Um, in a world without enough bees, <laughs> it may be possible to pollinate fruit-bearing plants using soap bubbles, according to a study published Wednesday in the journal iScience. So basically what people have studied in the past is like manual pollination, which you've probably heard about, like people, people like physically like putting pollen on flowers and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But that is very tedious to do (laughs) and requires (laughs) a lot of like manual labor and it's really hard and stuff. And so the new sort of trend is like people looking into uh, more like some type of automatic or robotic way to do it essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, So this article said that machine sprayers can reduce human labor um, and reliance on any insects, but they have been more expensive and wasteful of pollen grains when they miss the flowers. Uh, so robotic pollination has become more attractive to researchers since robotic pollina- pollinators can detect individual flowers, operate autonomous- autonomously, and be programmed. So that's sort of is like this background. like robot bees? Not robot bees, just oh. robot... So it's actually not, robot drones. We're not These to, people did robot okay. drones. We're not to Black Mirror yet. We're not to Black Mirror, Mirror yet. No, okay. we're not. Season two, episode six. Watch it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this study particular study set out to see if robotic pollination could be achieved with drones and soap bubbles. So the researchers in the study tested five different commercial surfactants, um, which are substances that reduce the surface tension of a liquid, thus increasing the liquid's spreading and wetting properties. (laughs) If you didn't know that definition. I don't think I did. I think I've heard the word, but I like, I like that word. Um, Surfactant. Surfactant. Yes. I am surfactant of, of the soap kingdom. (laughs) Um, so the one that they found that was the best option is called loramidopropylbetaine something. <laughs> that is such a long word. Yeah, it's a chemical word. Um, <laughs> in an orchard, the researchers shot up to 50 pollen-loaded bubbles onto natural pear flowers. And after shooting 2 to 10 bubbles onto the flowers, fruits grew after 16 days, um, which was a volume almost the same as that of conventional pollination methods. Wow. So, so they did that part first, um, and then like just to prove that the bubbles would work, mm-hmm. and then they did like a phase two where they put um, a machine, a bubble maker that produced about five thousand bubbles per minute onto a drone, and then um, so they like combined that, uh-huh. and then they had the drone go around and try to pollinate a bunch of flowers, and they found an eighty-seven percent success rate of pollination using that method. It's so it was good. Yeah, it was really good. Um, yeah, so it's really promising. And then they did discuss a few things at the end of the article, like despite the study's success, um, just certain things still require some consideration. Like um, they want to make sure that like this method isn't wasting too much pollen um, because that's a concern with any method that's being used, I guess. Like, right, they, they don't, don't want it to be as bad as the existing right. like manual pollination methods. Exactly. Um, and then also the other thing is that bubbles 
aren't useful in like all weather conditions because it has to be Makes like if sense. it's strong wind and rain and stuff then that wouldn't work right um so that's a limitation and then also like they just have to make sure that there aren't any like environmental health impacts of using this surfactant soap whatever like that makes sense yeah in this um so they don't know that yet because it's still like new but yeah but it seems like a really promising alternative method to automate that process yeah bubble bees bubble bees bubble bees <laughs> why didn't i think of that <laughs> we gotta call them that yeah. if this actually get becomes that, a thing get that name in there that's perfect or wait no i'm gonna trademark it <laughs> Trademark it before this company can trademark it, and then you can then sell, it to them. To sell it to them. Yeah, perfect. My next story is technology news. This is from Kotaku.com. And I don't know if I even should have brought this story because, like, the whole premise is a visual gag. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which will become very apparent very soon, but it's just, it's so funny. I just wanted to share it with people. Um, That's so perfectly fine. The headline is, a device to maybe help you get out of Zoom meetings. <laughs> this is... <laughs> okay. Um, so with people at home, more of our lives have gone online. In Japan, uh, Nami is short for online drinking parties. Um, and it's a way for people to gather in Zoom and drink. So they have like a word for it. Um, okay. But what if you are ready to log out? This gag device might help. Uh, it's being referred to as an online drinking party urgent escape machine, and it costs 4,180 yen, or about 39 U.S. dollars. Um, and so basically, the, and I'm just going to describe it, which is the worst way to, to like show somebody something, but uh, basically, <laughs> it's this device that you sit on your desk, and you press a button, and a little like thing pops up with one of those spinners on it, like a loading spinner indicator. Oh, yeah. So it's just like a physical device you set on your computer, like in front of your computer. And it, when you're ready to log off, you just freeze, press the button and the thing pops up to make it look like you're stuck loading. But it's like the, the loading indicator is on like an arm. It's very obvious that it's not real. <laughs> but I just, it's the funniest visual. It's like a physical spinny thing. Uh-huh. And so and then you just you can just like stop moving and then press this thing and it, it'll come up and it'll start spinning and then it'll look like you're frozen, but you're not actually frozen. Then you can just disconnect. Exactly. Is that the whole idea? That's like the whole premise <laughs> of it. I have to. That's hilarious. Why is it $40? I don't know. I'm going to show you though. <laughs> This is why this is why I wanted to bring it. And I'm so sorry that you won't be able to see this until we share the link. It'll be I in the episode description. You have, yeah. to, you have to click through. It's so stupid and so funny. I'm crying. Um the first time I saw this, I was laughing for so long. That is so funny to watch. It's so clever. <laughs> But also so... It is so clever, too. Like it, It's also completely... Like, nobody would see it and believe that it was real. Which I think just makes me like it even more. It's just so obvious <laughs> that it's fake. <laughs> it's like a really polite way to it's, tell people. It's like, I don't want to talk to you anymore. <laughs> it's, like, it's like... But it's so elaborate, though. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, why can't you just leave the Zoom meeting if you want to leave? Like... <laughs> 
it's literally a virtual thing. All you have to do is just log off. Like it's no one is even physically there. You can't even. Anyway, see all that of this video just makes it funnier to me because yeah. <laughs> it's just going to so much trouble for nothing. <laughs> I love that. So I love that. I know it's not the first time we've brought something visual to an audio medium, but it's it, no, and it's okay to do that sometimes. And, and hopefully, fine. hopefully, you will take my take my advice and go and seek this out because it is <laughs> very, very funny. Okay, my next story is technology news again. And this is also from CNN. A design that reconfigures airplane cabins with double-decker lie-flat seats is being touted as a possible solution for flyers looking for more protection from the spread of COVID-19. You found another story found... about people modifying the interiors <laughs> yes, of airplanes. I, I don't know how I find these. <laughs> I don't either. They they flock to you. It's amazing. They're always fascinating. I'm just like, like I'm just like you amazed because I've I never see them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I we're find these. We're looking at the I same th- internet, yeah. <laughs> and I've never seen one of these. I don't know. Maybe the internet just knows that I click on these types of stories, and somehow they come to me. You know, Honestly, that could be real. That could very, be actually very likely what's real, <laughs> because I find these fascinating. This woman, really, the whole theme. This woman really likes airplane <laughs> interior, interior remodels. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I told you there was like that whole like competition that yeah, happens every like year. An, a literal competition like, for this. That, I need of course, to, you discovered. I need that. to go to that as like media next year. Like, Hi, I am there. We covered this kind of thing all the time. <laughs> 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 we'll give you the coverage you deserve. We'll have an entire episode dedicated to remodeling airplane <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah, so this is about double-decker airplanes. Um, the design is called Zephyr Seat, and it's the vision of designer Jeffrey O'Neill, who reckons the isolation from fellow passengers that his creation will offer could be a game-changer in the wake of the pandemic. With this seat... Airlines could provide double-decker seating configurations, which O'Neill says would allow the majority of global airlines to maintain the same seating density as offered by their existing premium economy cabins. Um, but you'd be laying down. But you'd be. But you can lay down. Yeah, I'm just gonna like skip to showing you the picture. So basically, what he did was he designed like instead of there being an overhead bin space, there's like another seat like above the main seat area. Okay. And um they made it like so that you there's a space like to kind of open space to the right of where your seat is that the person behind you can put their feet so they can like lie back. Okay. Like this. So there's a picture. I want to yeah. see this picture. That might help. Okay. Okay. Wait, so the bo- so the bottom seat is seats 1. And the top seat seats one. Is that? I think so. What I'm seeing? Uh, okay. yes. How does that, how does that maintain the same number of seats as like the current? Um, I think that he might be pitching it as like only part of the plane. Oh. Like you have to pay more to sit in this section. Oh, okay. I think. That makes sense. But I wasn't clear on that. It's interesting for sure. For some reason, also, when you first described it, I did not picture having that much vertical space. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it, you were going to just be kind of just, like, shoved into a, a cubby. Like. <laughs> and that seems, this seems better. It talks about that, about how, like, 
you know, you wouldn't think that there's enough space for two people to sit like a double decker configuration of seats, but apparently there is. Yeah. Well, when you think about so, it, the overhead takes up quite a bit of space. If, so if yeah. you can remove that from the equation, right. you're, get, you're gaining a lot of area. I don't know. I think it's interesting. It's I, interesting, yeah. I mean, it definitely seems like it would be more comfortable to be like spread out during a flight than Yeah, and just, just in general, like it'd be great to not have to sit next to anyone. Oh, I would love that so much. Because like, I would much rather be sitting on the, one of these bottom things even though there's a person above me than like having to sit next to somebody like on a plane oh yeah any day like i just wonder i hopefully it it accommodates uh people of a of a uh of a tall persuasion (laughs) yeah i hope so um that's half the appeal here for me is that i would be able to stretch out my legs but if i still can't do that then it's not any better (laughs) (laughs) yeah well we'll see i mean it's not even it said at the end of this that um like to get this design approved, it takes three years. So mm. I think probably any like new seat configuration, that's probably true. So any of the ones I've reported on before are like a three year process to actually get it approved <laughs> for it's like this is a safe seat configuration to have in a plane and yeah. all this stuff. So these changes are not gonna happen immediately. But I would be totally for this. Yeah. In general. <laughs> definitely it definitely seems like an improvement. All right, it's time for breaking news, the part of the show where Anthony and I look up stories that just happened today or were just posted today and we read them to you on the fly. Zena Fire 4. Ready, set, go! go! I found this on UPI. Quartet plays to audience of potted plants at Spanish <laughs> Opera House. That's cute. It's amazing. There's in an a, opera there's house? There's a still from a video. Ooh. Oh, that's actually really pretty looking. It's, yeah, it is actually. And it's, it sounds like it was actually set up by an artist. Oh, wow. Um, so this was an opera house in Spain. They celebrated the lifting of uh, COVID-19 lockdown regulations by holding a concert for a sold-out audience of potted plants. <laughs> um, I don't know how to pronounce the name of the opera house, uh, but it's in Barcelona. And so they held this concert featuring the Usali quartet playing for an audience of potted plants filling the venue's 2,292 seats. Wow. Um, the concert was masterminded by conceptual artist Eugenio Ampudia, and it said it did not feature any human audience members, but it was live streamed to the Opera House's YouTube account. Hmm. Uh, the plants were purchased from local nurseries and will be donated to healthcare workers from the Hospital Clinic of Barcelona, which seems wow. like a nice, That's nice little nice. gesture. Yeah. But yeah, they played a quartet for an audience of plants, which is really cool. <laughs> that just, like, seems calming. Yeah, doesn't like, it? Like, playing music for mm, plants. For a bunch of plants. Or, like, in a nat- like a nature setting or in a natural type of setting like that. Like, yeah. It actually seems kind of nice. It seems like it'd be, it probably was a lot of fun for the yeah. performers. Yeah. And also, you don't feel like you've, you don't feel any pressure to do well because... <laughs> The plants can't judge you. It, but also it's like you're not playing to like an empty audience Exactly. Either. <laughs> There's something there. That's such a creative idea. I, I love that. Okay, I found something on cbsnews.com. Um, and the headline is, Senators want public to see Pentagon UFO reports citing inconsistent information sharing. <laughs> and Are people... Like... <laughs> okay. <laughs> apparently, like... This, they're just saying that they want to release all this information on UFOs that they have, mm-hmm. which like isn't actually anything like 
you know, the aliens exist or anything like right. that. It's like it's like videos and just materials of certain things that they've collected of like that pilots witnessed something that they weren't sure what it was, like that and kind of like stuff. And they're like technically classified still and they just want to be able to share it. Is that I I guess um yeah, okay, this is what they said. While recognizing that the topic is sensitive, the senators said that previous information sharing and coordination across the intelligence community has been inconsistent and called for a detailed and public report on their UFO program's progress as well as any phenomena it observes. Uh, okay. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Like I If there's aliens, we would have found them by now. Like if there's aliens close by, we would have already <laughs> I just I can't get I can't get excited about UFO news because it's like there's an explanation. Yeah, I know it's it's not. This doesn't make me think like oh you aliens exist or something. Like Mm -hmm. it's just more like. But just like the I'm glad that they're being. It's good to be transparent about it, but also the act of being transparent about it, I feel like, is just going to make a bunch of people like latch on to more conspiracy theories. And you things. think so? That's I don't know. I feel like people are really prone to that kind of thing, especially in this. You're country. probably right. I don't know. I'm thinking of it as like, oh, good, they're like sharing what they do have, so that way, like, people stop. So there aren't kind like, of guessing yeah, it, like, like oh, they're the hiding everything. Yeah. But then it's like, of course, they're still going to people are they're just still going to have conspiracy they're always theories, do and that. now they're just going to have evidence, quote unquote, of like these things. I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, the evidence, they actually released, like, a video that was taken by a pilot, um, one or two of them, actually, one from tw- 2004 and one from 2015, mm-hmm. and it's just, like, flight sensor video, and then I guess there's, like, dialogue in it where the pilots are like, what is that? Like, I don't know what that is, you know, just like, but you can't, see, I don't, you probably can't see anything, Here's a I didn't spoiler. watch it. It's probably a drone. It's probably, <laughs> yeah, it's probably a drone, or it's, like, I just, just some... Thing in the cl- I'm all clouds, for the, you know. Yeah. I don't have no idea. Like, I don't know. It's I'm not, all for them releasing it. I don't mean to imply that, but I just like it. I don't. I don't know what they think it's going to accomplish. Essentially, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think they think. I think they want the public to maybe just be informed yeah. as they should be. If That's there's like a, a government program happening that there's no reason really to keep secret from the public. Right. Really? Because yeah. I don't think there is a reason to keep this Yeah, because, like, public. what action is a member of the public going to take on, like, oh, a video of a UFO from five years right. ago? What I- <laughs> right. Nothing. Right. So, <laughs> I think that that's all it is, but I don't know. kind of interesting. I mean... Oh, yeah. I'm probably going to watch the videos later just because <laughs> I'm curious. It's important to educate yourself. <laughs> All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We post episodes every Friday, and as always, the links to this week's stories will be in the episode description. You can subscribe to Knickknack News on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts from. And you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash knickknacknews and on Twitter at, at knickknacknews. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.